Do you know Yitzhak Shalom Yasef? I heard nobody could stop you in leagues. going to start Be'ez HaShem on Thursday. In another two days, we're going to start saying for eight days, Alanisim. So I want to talk a couple of points about Alanisim. It fascinates me, and Alanisim is put in Moedim, in thanking HaShem. So every single day we say, Moedim Anachnu Lach, we thank HaShem. 
And on Hanukkah, in the Maidim prayer, we thank Hashem as well for these Nisim that took place in the days of Hanukkah. The way we thank Hashem for the miracles, we say, In the days of Matisyo, Ben Yoichanon Koen Gadol, the son of Yoichanon Koen Gadol, Chashmonoi Uvanov, in the days of Chashmonoi and his sons, Kishamda Malchus Yavan Arish Alamcha Yisro. When Yavan stood up to the Jewish people, to make us forget the Torah, and to remove us from Chukim. And we want to thank you, Hashem. You stood up for us. You stood up to us, David, for us at the time of our tzara. When we want to identify the days, we're like pointing to the days of the miracle. We say, in the days of Matisio. Why don't we just say, in the days of Malchus Yavan, when they stood up to Klal Yisrael. We're thanking Hashem, Aaron Shmel, that Hashem stood up, Yavan, tried to get us to forget the Torah, and we're thanking Hashem that He helped us out. To identify those days, we say in the days of Matisio. Now, if you think about it, what are we thanking Hashem? We had an enemy, and you vanquished enemies. So in the days of those enemies, you saved us. To me, it would make the mo- It's very almost cumbersome. Cumbersome means klutzy. It's almost cumbersome the way we talk, Davidil. In the days of Matisio, when Yavan stood up, why, why, why? Matisio was the hero who saved us. In the days when Yavan stood up, you saved us. Yonatan, wouldn't that make the most sense? In the days that Yavan stood up to us and stood up and tried to make us forget the title, you stood up for us. Thank you, Hashem. Why do I identify the days in the days of Matisio when Yavan stood up? Why don't I call it in the days of Yavon? What is, I, I don't want to force, does the Eilam mask him to my, it always struck me as like almost klutz, like cumbersome in the days of Matisio. What do you say to this question? What do you hold, Reb David? Is it a fair question? It's not specific. It's, it's, it misses the point. What misses the point? It, it, it's the wrong point, saying in the days of Matisio. Right. That wasn't the crux of what happened. Right, it wasn't Matisio, was the hero. It wasn't like, the, the, in, in the days of Matisio, Matisio wasn't the problem. In the days of Yavon, when they stood up to us, Hashem stood up for us. Hashem defended us. Hashem helped us beat them. Why do we describe in the days of Matisio? He was the answer, not the problem. Yes, Yonatan. <laughs> so Yonatan, he's brilliant, beautiful answer. Yonatan says so, Aaron, so sin- it's oozing with sincerity. Your terrors is like dripping with sincerity. Yonatan says something, it like has your personality on, on the terrors. Excellent. You have to remember your chiddush. You write down, so just share that with your family. The questions, so Yonatan says, we don't want to call the days in the days of Yavan. The days aren't attributed. They're the bad guy. Then we don't want to like ever say, you know that period. They never own the day. Yonatan says that in crimes, you have people in the history have done crimes to get attention. Do you know in sports? I'm, I'm, I'm such a warped guy. Everything sports. In sports, they have guys who run across the stadium, not always dressed the best. Okay, I'll say the undressed. But, they, you know, they run across the stadium. A football stadium, a guy wants to draw attention. The media is trained. You know on television they'll rarely put on? They'll rarely put on a guy. Who, the most, who's the most famous ever? A guy flew into a boxing ring or something. What a guy. There was like a fight in Yankee Stadium years ago, and a guy parachuted into the ring. A very like, heavyweight match is used to be outdoors. And they had a famous fight in Yankee Stadium. I'm not remembering details, but a guy like um, parachuted into the ring. 
I held both boxers should have back, knocked him out. But like in the middle of the fight, the guy parachuted into the ring. Meshugna. <laughs> he came down into the ring. You know what I'm talking about, David? There's a famous event. There's a famous boxing Ali might have been involved. There's some famous match a guy parachuted in. But people do a lot to get attention. There are a lot of guys that do things to get attention. So players, so size of fan, do you know on, on television they'll rarely, they call them streakers, whatever they call them, do you know rarely they'll show a television footage of it? Because Yonatan said the whole reason they did it for attention, you don't want to give attention to wrongdoing. You mechaven to the Ramban, not on this kasha. The Ramban asked that why doesn't it put in the Torah what, um, with Avram Avinu, why doesn't it put more what Nimrod and his chevra did to Avram? The Ramban says it doesn't want to give attention to evildoers. So Yonatan says that we don't want to say in our prayers in the days of Yavan, they don't own the day at all. They're, they're the problem. So we say, we want to, you know, you know, you know in halacha, when you give somebody directions, you're not supposed to say on the street corner there, there's a church. You don't say make a right by the church. You don't talk like that. A from Yid doesn't use a church. You don't say that. You give a different sign. You want to give a line where to make the right turn. It might be convenient. Don't do it. We don't use things that are defiant of Hashem in any which way, never, Yonatan, your whole life. You're giving guy direction. You say, go to the corner. You could say, Kentucky, try chicken at the corner, make a right. There's a store, that's fine. But never use a mark that defies Hashem, that's built to defy Hashem. Never use that as a landmark to give directions. So that's what Yonatan says so sensitively. Y'all, you like this, Pshat Martcha? We don't want to say in the days of Yavan. We're not giving the day to them. So we say in the day of the Tzaddik. The Chavetz Chaim described Yonatan on your Pshat. The Chavetz Chaim described that in heaven there's a map. Radin was a very small city, Bemis. It was like tiny. I met a Yid in Lakewood who saw the Chavetz Chaim in Radin. He, he described it to me in not like positive terms, not the Chavetz Chaim. The city, he called like a mud puddle. Remember, I remember left an impression, an old man. What? I was there. In Radin. Yeah. Is it tiny? He, he, this yid called it a mud puddle. I never liked that visual. I still can get my brain. Don't call where the Chavetz Chaim was a mud puddle. It was a gorgeous, call it a panda at least. But the Chavetz Chaim was very small. You were there? Yeah. Is it tiny, Taka? He said that. He said it's a little, little city. <laughs> you feel like you're going back in a time machine. You, you push it, waiting for the Chavetz Chaim to come out of his house. But, what? Tiny city. He described it. It's a tiny Marut Chesot. So in, in this world, rad and small, in the Olam, in Shemayim, there's a different map of the world. In Shemayim, it's huge because it's relevance. So Radin had supreme relevance. You have whole countries that are not so relevant. In Shemayim, it's about relevance. It's very important. So the map in heavens looks different than the map down here. So Yonatan says we would never talk, much like you wouldn't use a church as a, as a landmark, as a, as a post, much like when you talk about countries, their value and relevance depends upon the loyalty to Hashem. So Yonatan says, we would never label a day in the days of Yavan. Edel of Pshat, you like that Pshat? I'm very, like a fine Pshat. I like that a lot, I appreciate it, Yonatan, thank you. I want to share a different idea, but I like his Pshat a lot, Yosef. Might you like Yonatan's Pshat? Beautiful Pshat. Yonatan, what I want to say, perhaps, run, 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 call everybody, you should tell all your contacts, the pshat. What I want to say, Hebra, is another pshat. That perhaps, perhaps like this, and again, I don't know, I don't know, it struck me as odd, so perhaps like this, Yetzalah. In Pirkei Debelazer, it says that somebody who's not makir toiv to people, Whoever's not makir toiv to people will not have a karsa toiv to Hashem. It says that Paroi wasn't makir toiv like Hikiris Yosef. He wasn't makir toiv. Yosef at Tzaddik saved Mitzrayim. And later on, Paroi turns on Yosef and his people. 
he was a kafli taiv, he was an ingrate. And then he says, Mi Hashem, who is Hashem? Says Pirkei Derbelazer, whoever is not a makir taiv to people will not be makir taiv to Hashem. The path to akaras taiv to Hashem is through akaras taiv to people. So I wonder, Chevra, that we mention Matisyo. We're thanking Hashem. But our way of marking Akar Satayv to the people, Megalgal and Zchus al the people who were Moise Nefesh to help the miracle, who through them Hashem shone, we mention here. So we say in the days of Matisyo, we can't, we're not going to say thank you to Matisyo and Hashem. We're thanking Hashem. It's Maidim. Maidim anach nulach. But we mention Matisyo as Akar Satayv. And that is the, by the way, Akar Satayv doesn't mean to say thank you. It means to recognize the goodness. So our path to Akar Satayv to Hashem is through Akar Satayv to people. If we thank people, we'll come to thank Hashem. So Aaron, I wonder that we mention the heroes as a way of Akar Satayv. Could that be Aaron? It's a way of gratitude. So we give them in the days of Matisio, Ben Yochna Koin Godol, In his days, wink, wink, he was the hero. So we mention, we do it on Purim, the same thing. We say, Be May Mordechai Esther. Now it's not Tomat Mordechai Esther, it's Tomat Haman. So either you have Yonatan's case, Zev, you like my shot, Yonatan's shot might be nicer. That we don't want to say in the days of these evil people. I'm wondering that it's a form of Akar Satoiv. That we have gratitude in the days of Matasio, Ben Yochman, Kohen God, Chashmayavanov. It's our way of thanking. You hear David Hill? Aaron, it's not just a wild pshat, because Pierre Kedrebelazer says you who did the way to get to gratitude, Shloimit Hashem, is through having gratitude to people. So the gratitude to people brings us there. So we, we say here, in the days of Matasio, we're appreciating. He was part of the miracle. We're not going to say thank you. We're talking to Hashem, but we mention him. That's what I wanted to perhaps bring why we say it. The facts are true. That's undeniable. The, what's undeniable, Chevra, is that the way Chanukah is a yom of lahodis ulahalol, to thank Hashem. The path takar satayv Tashem is by thanking people. There's a Gemara Baba Kama that I want to say a Gishmak Abshat. The Gemara Baba Kama on Sadi Bez says the wine belongs to the master and the thank you is to the poor. Now Pashapshat it means that what it means it's pointing out how weird people are. That if I'm at Shlomo's house, me and Yehuda at Shlomo's house, and I take Shloimah's Coke and I pour it for Yehuda a cup. I give him caffeine Coke. We get a little wild, we're making a Luchayim on caffeine. So I pour Yehuda some soda. So you thank me and you forget that the, I don't own the soda. The soda belongs to Shloimah. So Pashup Shat the Gemara is saying that remember the owner. The, the, the master owns the wine and people thank the pourers. They forget to thank the master. That's Pashup Shah. I want to say, Aaron, Chamra Lamara, the wine belongs to the master. How do you come to appreciating that? By thanking the poorers. If you thank the vehicles that gave you the blessing, you'll come to thank Hashem. If you mark it to people, you come to mark it to Hashem. I love learning Armasech the Kedushin. I want to explain with this a cryptic Gemara Kedushan, what I think is a cryptic Gemara. The Gemara says in Kedushan, let's read the Gemara. The Gemara says like this. Ooh. It's only as the. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Israeli. The Gemara on Lamed Amud Beis in Kedushan Aaron says like this. It says. There are three partners in man. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem, Dad and Mom, three partners. If a person shows honor to his parents, Amra HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says Hashem, I treated Kiludarti Beinei as if you honored me. Shaykhis, you honored your parent. Shem's I treat if you honored me. 
The Chinuch says that the Shirish, the root of Kibra Ve'em Zakar Satayv, gratitude. Says Hashem, if you have gratitude to your parents, I treat it like you had gratitude to me. And perhaps the word is, because that's what brings gratitude to Hashem. This Pirk Nebelazar, if you appreciate the poorers, it brings you to have gratitude to the originator. Chamra Lemara! You now you come to subscribing the wine to the master by thanking the poorers. If you appreciate the poorers, it brings you. Reb Miller said that if you don't thank your mom for the meal, your benching is not real. Benching is your maketoiv for the Tashem for the Suda. If you don't thank your mom for the meal, so your benching's not real. The path to meaning your benching is if you thank the poorers, the one who gave it, you'll come to be maketoiv Tashem. That is the path takar satoiv. So I want to claim David Hillel that the reason we thank in the Alanisim, we mention Matisio Bonham, it doesn't seem to be rel- related, is that's, that's a gather of Akar Satayim. Now we're not going to say thank you to them. It's the middle of May, it will be chutzpah, but in mentioning them brings us to a thank you to Hashem. Right, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not, I want to say something, Michal, that this is for sure, thank people and, and we owe them a thank you. We owe people a thank you. I don't want it to be like it's just like a trick. Like I'm just trying to get, the thank you to people's important. I'm saying, Michal, probably in Maidim it wouldn't be appropriate. Maidim is a tefillah we're talking to Hashem. I'm not sure here would be the place to have gratitude to others. So here we make mention over here because it's a path. There's a value in itself to have gratitude to people. I don't want to pretend that the gratitude to people has no place. It's only like a hechatimsa away. I'm saying in Maidim, we're not going to say Maidim to Matasya Obanov, but we mention gratitude. It brings us here. That's what I want to say. I want to say something on this topic, just really on this topic of the thank you to people and the thank you to Hashem. The thank you to the poorers that bring us to thank the originators, Hashem, the originator. I want to say that in Nishmas, in that beautiful prayer of Nishmas on Shabbos, that beautiful song of thank you to Hashem, in Nishmas, so we say a line, Rebaron spoke in Yeshiva and asked this kasha. In Nishmas, we say, To you alone do we thank. Asked Rebaron in these very hallowed halls, in our Yeshiva, Rebaron asked, What do you mean you only thank Hashem? You don't thank other people? We only thank Hashem. Well, you don't give other thank yous. We thank all our lives. We thank our parents. We thank many people. What are we saying to you alone do I give thank you? So I, want, I do want to say, Rabbi say, it struck me at Siyumim in Yeshiva. At Siyumim in Yeshiva, a guy gets up and of course he starts, he thanks God. So I want to thank Hashem for giving me the brain, the siyata, the shmaya to finish this masechta. Everybody doesn't know what to do. Give him a hug. Like it's like a little bit of an uncomfortable matzah. When a guy, it's comfortable if he thanked Hashem. Just what's the response? Do you start cheering? I, I like we cheer. You give a cheer. Who are you cheering for Hashem? Give out. But people don't, it's a little bit of an uncertainty what to do. The guy thanks, the guy thanks Hashem. And then he does other thank yous, Yehuda. He thanks his mom and dad. He thanks his friends, his roommate, his uncle Charlie. He does some other thank yous. So what I always struck me, Yitzi, is it sounds as if like he's done with the thank you to Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Okay, moving on from there. You know, you usually do another thank you. See, it's Kedai. A lot of thought has to go into the thank yous. Some people thank too many people. Now, how could you ever thank too many people? It's not thought out because it takes away from the thank you to his mom. He says like 43 thank yous might not be the best way. You have to think it through, the most effective and efficient. If you say 43, you might have taken away from all 43. Could be to think it through and thank. Now a guy has to think how he's thanking. Think it through in a geschmack way. Always start with your parents. They deserve the thank you the most. Thank your parents the most. 
parents are the most. They care the most. They're there the most. They were there from the earliest. Thank the parents the most. But a guy thanks his parents, and it's a whole chachma how to do it. You're thanking your parent, then you thank your roommate. You have to make sure that your parents are more enthusiasm. It's not an equal thank you. Your parent, your mom brought you to this planet. To make sure it's not equal. It can't be equal. So you have to think how to do it. Lemay says he's doing a list of thank yous. He's thanking mom and dad, and he's thanking others. You have to think how to do it. We went to, I went to a scene with Yonatan and Moyo. We heard, we heard Yo-Yo thank his parents. It was, wow. Ryan was elevated, very elevated. Some of the chevra here was this. Rev Srilishlita was there. The way he thanked his parents was, was nifla. The bottom line is the guy's doing a thank you. So always you, you thank your mom. Then you're moving on from there. You go to the next thank you. By Hashem, are you really moving on from the thank you to Hashem? Okay, moving on from Hashem, I want to thank my father. Um, you know who made your father? <laughs> you know who made mom? You know who built your friend? You know who made you? Like, you don't move on from the thank you to Hashem. It's not moving on. I want to thank Hashem. You thank Hashem. Then you say, like, in another way you thank Hashem. I want to thank mom. And my, Hashem made mom, made me. <laughs> It's not moving on. To you alone, I thank. Of course, we have gratitude to a lot of people. But every gratitude is also to you, Hashem. Every gratitude, which is, I think, partly why here we don't say thank you, Matisio. We're talking about Hashem, and every gratitude is to Hashem. In th- but we definitely want to mention the people who deserve credit. So we say, we single them out for the credit. That's what I wanted to share with the Chevra. Yes, Avila. Isn't there free will in that parent? Yeah, they owe. Rabbi Yisai, we owe to the end of the world. That's what Michal and Avi is. We owe to mom and dad to the end of the world. No Shaila, Nezbechira, no Shaila. Their thank you also is a thank you to Hashem who made them. That's, that's all I mean. He's involved in that too. You didn't move on. You know, Rabbi Brownstein's involved in every Chelek of the Yeshiva. So when you thank for every part of the yeshiva, it's also a thank you to him. He's involved there too. That's my point with Hashem. I want to do, Rabbi, I want to share more with you about, about Alanisa now. I don't want to wait. But I wanted this Shabbos Kodesh, we were Zaycha to hear. Some of us were Zaycha, it was a smaller crowd. Shalashudas is only for the, is for the hardy amongst us. We had finished the Suda Shabbos at about 3.30, went to Mincha 3.40, and then sat down for Shalashudas. So it wasn't a crowd, it wasn't a huge crowd, Baruch Shem slowly. Guys are coming around to it. But I asked, David Holtzman spoke, Reb David spoke Shalashudas, and it was so sophisticated, intelligent, enjoyable. I was like taken by his, intel- his sophisticated words, and I asked him if, if he would come to, if by Musavad he would share with us. So I want to call David up, David Holtzman up to the front. And I'm going to ask, if you're, this is a Maman of Shach, if you were by Shalashudis and you heard it, then you definitely want to hear it again. And if you weren't there, you definitely want to hear it the first time. So your mamish can't go wrong here. But I asked Reb David, this special Ben Teira, his combination, people have combinations. The balance of brilliant and sweet is like powerful combination. Such a kind. I have seen a lot of brilliant people that are haughty. Because they're smarter than the rest of us, it's easy to be haughty. Intelligence is something you can really be haughty about. And to have somebody this smart who's so gentle and nice to people, so humble about it, he respects all, I find it cool. To me, if I would be so smart, I probably would be haughty. But David is this smart and humble and gentle. is an amazing balance. Thank you, David, for that balance. And if you could please share the wealth with the Chev, it would be appreciated. Thank you, Rabbi, Thank for the introduction. I, I hope you don't mind if I stand. It helps get the please. juices flowing. Please. is right. You speak to a rabbi, so it's a derech heres to stand. as a person of derech heres. Derech heres is to stand. I sit, I'm not, I'm not if I, I, he can't speak every day. Yeah, I'm like sharing a little with the Chevron, but he's speaking, Sam, you're right this time. Thank you, Rebbe. Um, Chazal tell us that uh, the name of a person, it represents not just a, a, a flicker or an aspect or a, or a person's identity, but gets to the very essence of who a person is. And in Yaakov Avinu's life, there's, there's an incident in there 
in that's so dramatic and it's so profound and life-changing that it changes who Yaakov is <coughs> so much so that at the conclusion of the incident, he's given a new name. And it's quite easy to point to what this is, is Yaakov finds himself alone on the bank of a river at night, in the middle of the night, and he meets a, he meets a man, and they start wrestling, and Rashi says this man is the Sarshal Esav, the angel of Esav, the the representation of who Esav is on a metaphorical level, and Yaakov and Yaakov and this angel wrestle, and at the end, when the when the sun rises, it's Yaakov wins. He's a little bit hurt, and the angel says to him, Yaakov, uh, no, Yaakov's not your name anymore. Your new name is Yisrael. Very good. They part ways, and everything moves. And the straightforward question is: is that Yaakov's life was very eventful? There were a lot of things that happened. He, he, he met Esav and fought with Esav, and Esav tried to kill him, and he went to Lavan, and Lavan tried to trick him, and he tricked Lavan, and he got the, the firstborn, and he got the brachos from Yitzchak. And what is it about this one incident, this one encounter on a river in the middle of the night, that stood out so much that it changed who Yaakov was and, and how we remember him uh, forever? We are today in a pandemic, and there is a difference in approach. Is, there's a difference in approach between how the Jewish community goes about living today, and how we do, and how the rest of the world is. And that if you were to go anywhere outside of uh, Brooklyn area codes and certain limited other places, and, and Durham... You'd find people locking down, and I went for a, for example, I went for a college admissions tour of the college today, and we were in our cars, and I'm pretty sure the person was wearing a mask, and you don't actually see the college, because the college isn't actually functioning. At $40,000 a year, college is the most expensive streaming service in the world right now. <laughs> um, the world is a little bit different. So put it one way. It's a little bit different. Stop right there. Whereas, if you were to look at this room, if you were to look at this room now, and if you were to look at this room a year ago, I'm not sure you'd be able to tell one difference. I, you see someone wearing on camp on campus here wearing a mask. It's like you know. I guess don't pause the recording. Pause the recording. You see someone on campus wearing a mask. You suspect him a little bit. And the last time I did, I was right. Okay, fine. Um, So, okay, but here's the thing. And you would think if you use the conventional wisdom, that if you go by conventional wisdom, that, hey, you know, the way everyone, the whole world's doing, you know there's doctors and experts and all these important people. And we're going to get to my disclaimer in a moment. But there are doctors and experts and all these important people, and the whole world's going one way. And you see that the Jewish community is going another way. And... What's significant about that is that it's not just today, it's that traditionally the Jewish community goes another way, and that the Jewish community lives a different lifestyle, and we have our mitzvahs, and we have, the world has seven mitzvahs, we have 613, and there must be something about the way that the Jewish community is going about acting in this world that's so radically different from the rest of the world, it's presumably rooted in the Jewish tradition and rooted somehow in the, in the, in the internal principles and values that are in the Torah. There's, there must be something there. Okay. Um, I had a Rebbe once who, he's still my Rebbe. You know, Rebbe once is a Rebbe forever. And um, he, he said something that was quite radical, which is, he, he would say these things, which is part of why I liked him a lot. And he said that if Chazal were around in today's time, they would ban automobile accidents. Well, of course they would ban accidents, excuse me. They would ban automobiles. And the reason for that was, which and I, I meant to get a Wikipedia figure so I could sound precise about it, but there's some five-digit sum of, act, of, of people who, who die in car accidents every year. And you want to draw that out. You take a two thousand pound at least we're not talking about trucks we're just talking about your standard little old you know they kind of move these two thousand pound hunks of steel or or aluminum which is the new thing rolling down hurtling 60 miles an hour down the highway and there's another one going in another direction and they collide and problems happen and if there are tens of thousands of people dying a year in automobile accidents it makes you ask the question okay why do we have cars why don't we just 
ban cars too, and everyone will be safe, and we'll save a lot of people's lives, and we would. It's a reasonable question. And the answer, I think, the answer, I think, is because of the tremendous good that cars do. And you, you, cars, cars, right, create shortened distance. Okay, we, cars shorten distance. Cars create an interconnected economy. Economies generate wealth. And wealth creates a higher standard of living. Imagine, do a thought exercise. Right now there's a vaccine. I think the first woman was vaccinated today in, 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 in the United Kingdom or something. There's a vaccine. I'm not talking about the Chinese and the Russian ones. Um, <laughs> the first woman was vaccinated today. Imagine if you had to, uh, to unroll a, a vaccination rollout without cars. And you would have, like, thousands of vaccines and giant refrigerators uh, towed on the backs of horses going from cities to cities it wouldn't work the, the tremendous good that cars do offsets in a sense all is balanced by the harm that they cause and that we still ha we have all these bells and whistles and we have seat belts on cars right and most of us wear our seat belts and Oh, okay, fine. I, I, I wear my seatbelt. Um, we have seatbelts and we have bells and whistles on cars. And, and there's two different things we take into account. We take into account, number one, the safety of, of, of how dangerous a thing is and the risk. And on the other hand, we take into account the tremendous, absolute good that these things can accomplish. And it's two values. On the one hand, safety, and the other hand, achievement. And I would argue that the only difference in approach between the Jewish community and the rest of the world is where they draw this line. And I, I don't, I'm going to make a black and white generalization just for the purpose of, of making the idea clear. I'm not trying to knock one group or the other. But you could say that the world draws the line a lot closer to safety, and you can say that our community draws a line a lot closer to achievement. That we value what we do here so much that we wouldn't dream of not being open right now. And the tremendous work the yeshiva did to be open in June and log in twig, and we wouldn't, it, it, it wouldn't be imaginable if, if we weren't here. And whereas the rest of the world is, is locking down from the problems, you could say that we're wrestling with them. And we can tie this in with Yaakov, we can tie this in with Yaakov and his wrestling match with the angel. In that if you look back at Yaakov Avinu's life and the different events, there's a trend that runs absolutely counter to this one event with, 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 with the angel, and that Yaakov got the birthright from Esau with deception. Yaakov got the brachos from Esau with deception. I'm not critiquing. It was sanctioned by Hashem, and Rivka had a nevuah, but this was the method he went about doing it. And when Esau wanted to kill Yaakov, Yaakov left. What was so different about this was that Yaakov didn't go run to the other side of the, of the river or get a miracle or avoid the encounter. Was that Yaakov faced the actual embodiment of his opposite, of Esau. Yaakov faced the embodiment of evil head on. He grappled with it. He didn't let go. And he fought with it. He even got hurt, but he fought with it until the sun came up. He went through the struggle and came out on the other side. And he came out on the other side a different person, perhaps you could say, because he had never gone through, he, had, he hadn't, went through it in a head-to-head -head way before, and that confronting with the problem head-on changed who he was and made him someone who, who wrestles with the problem directly. There was a thing, I read a lot of psychology books, and there was one thing Jordan Peterson, who's a noted psychologist, um, noted about people he helps with exposure therapy who have various anxiety disorders, and that he took the example of an elevator, and that Let's say you have a patient who's afraid of elevators. Okay, it's, it's uh, relatively common. And what you would do is you would take the patient, and let's say the elevator's over there, and I'm over here, and you just, can you stand, you know, like uh, 100 feet from the, from the elevator? And the patient would be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can stand 100 feet from it. And after about 15 seconds, he'll get bored. He'll go, okay, can you stand 50? Like, yeah, I can stand 50. 25, and eventually, the patient goes all the way in the elevator. It could take times for some people less or some people more. And eventually we'll be able to ride from one floor up and one floor down. And what happens almost inevitably 
he says, is that his patient will call him up that night. In the middle of the night, he'll get a voicemail about how the patient got in a fight with one person or with another person. And what is that about? Once the person accomplishes one challenge, the person can accomplish a second challenge. That once the patient deals with his fear of the elevator and his crippling anxiety that he's not able to do with that, when he grapples with it head on and overcomes that fear, he immediately goes and gets into a lifelong fight that he know he'd wanted to talk about and always <laughs> wanted to raise, Brilliant. but never had the gall to be able to go ahead with it. Brilliant. And that what this moment, this one this one fight Yaakov got into extends way beyond that in that he got in one that allowed him to do another and another and another. And perhaps you could say that this is the Jewish approach to a problem, is that the Jewish approach to a problem is not to, is not to hide the problem, is not to shrink from the problem, is not to, and you'll forgive the pun and please don't take it as medical advice, is not to mask the problem, but the Jewish approach to the problem is to confront the problem with determination, with a firm foot, with courage, and with faith. And, I mean, we're all here. So thank you. I want, there's so much to talk about Hanukkah, and the hour is getting late, and it's hard, really hard to follow from David. I want to share something, four minutes. A literal, it's 4.32. For four minutes, I want to say very briefly, and we touched on our, our initial conversation about Hanukkah, we touched upon this. We speak about in, in the, in the Alanisim prayer that we're going to say, the thank you Tashem. So we describe the Greeks as Lashkicham Torosecha. They want us to forget Torah. Ulavira Mechuke Ritzaynecha. And to uproot us from Chukim that are your will. There was a very focused attack on Torah. Forget the Torah. And I want to talk about those three words, Yonatan. And to remove us from the chukim that are your will. I want to speak about those three words, Tefra. The chukim that are your will. And what I want to say is we call the... The Yivanim, we give a name to them. We call them Zaydim. Zaydim biad oiske sarasecha. We say, Hashem, put Zaydim in the hands of learners of Torah. We're contrasting two things. We contrasted strong guys in the hands of weak guys, masses in the hands of the minority. Tameim in the hands of Tyrim, Rishaim in the hands of Tzadikim, and Zaydim in the hands of learners of Tyrim. What are Zaydim? The word Zayd is the same, Zion Dalit is the same as Mazid. Mazid means Aaron. Mazid means willful people. Zaydim means people of your own will. What is the word Mazid? We said he did it be Mazid. What does that mean? On purpose. Zaydim are people about their own will. Willful people. That's called a Zaid. What's the opposite of a Zaid is learners of Torah. I want to tell you, we just had a beautiful morning. It was very stunning yesterday morning. I want to tell you, each part was awesome. I want to speak about one part of yesterday morning. We had, we had Yonatan HaLachich here. Halach of Shabbos, right? Thaler said halach shir and Shabbos. We then, a halach shir and discussion ensued. We then had gorgeous singing. Aryeh, Yosef, Chaimol, Dechevra, Moyo led, Moyo led beautiful singing. We had gorgeous singing. And then we had a beautiful Ashkot shir about Inyane Shabbos. The, I wanted, a, we started and I set up the structure. I wanted halacha first. And one would think that it's so inspiring. Singing is deeply inspiring. Hashkafa is inspiring. I am very moved that we sat and discussed the Ratzah in Hashem. What does Hashem want from me? Before I pretend I'm so smart, I understand, I feel. Guys were asking, it was interesting. There were two types of questions during the halachic thing. Some guys were saying, what exactly does Hashem want from me? And a discussion, what's more? Someone said, I don't get Hashem. 
The premise is Hashem is smarter than us. He made us, my friends. He knows what he's doing. He's very smart. First, find out what he's asking from us. But I don't think it should be that way. First, find out what Hashem, and by the way, even is Chachamim. Tyra, we said the nature of Tyra is machkimas pesi. It makes stupid people smart. Be stupid. Only if you're stupid will Tyra make you smart. Be stupid, understand Hashem is smart. Do you ever make a human being in the universe? Have you done that ever? Hashem is very smart. Hear what he's saying and study what he's saying. Of course, I want to get smarter also. There's nothing wrong with trying to understand. Why does Hashem make me do that? It does seem kind of nuanced. Kind, and, and study it and think about it and you'll get very smart. Because Hashem teaches us a lot. And through studying His commands, we can get smart. Morty, I was so moved that there was a discussion as to what Hashem wants from us. It's such a kiddushamayim. The name of that is Limad HaTayra. Two chavrusas sit and learn in Kedushan, you're discussing the will of Hashem. There's a massive Kiddush Shemayim to be Isaac B'tayra. What is Hashem saying? What does He want from me? What is He asking? Exactly what's the din? What's the mitzvah? What's the way to be Mekadosh and Isha? I'm studying Ratzah in Hashem, Zevi. That's called Oiske Sarasecha. The Greeks are about, the person is at the center of a Greek world. It's all about strength of man, the center of the world is power of man, intelligence of man, man at the center of the Greek world. At the center of the Yid's world is Hashem. A Yid is kafuf and humbled in front of Hashem. And it's classified as Zaydim, our will. The willful one, that's the Greek, against the learner of Torah. And when we describe what the Greeks try to do, is lahavira mechuke ritzaynecha. They keep mitzvahs, but don't keep Hashem's will. If you understand it, explain it to me. They're rational thinkers, the Ramban says. Eristoi v'talmidov. They're rational thinkers. Explain it to me. They don't go for a yitzang. This is what my, my creator told me, Hashem told me. I don't know. It's funny that for years in Waterbury, people would ask me, what, in New York, you don't get asked these questions because they used the strings iron. When we moved to Waterbury, they had not seen from Yidden in many years, or many forever. And I would get asked a lot, what are your strings? I had two answers. One, I explained the mitzvah to remind me I see the strings. It reminds me of other mitzvahs. Why does it remind me? I have a shtickle tire. But my favorite answer is because God said so. The best answer Hashem said, I understand things and I've studied the mitzvah and have some ideas behind the mitzvah. But why do I do it? Loyalty, because Hashem said, I like that answer. Hashem said, it's in the Bible, Hashem said. Extreme importance, the Greeks wanted all the rational thinking that we could share with the Greeks. The deep understanding of the mitzvahs, they hear that, wow. That's beautiful. You give your explanation, Philacrates. Wow, that's touching. Laviram, they wanted to remove us. Their revolution is stop studying Torah. The study of Torah is the deep study of Hashem's will, of what Hashem is commanding me. And they want to remove us, from the chukim. Chukim mitzvahs we don't understand. That's your will. I'm not so smart, Hashem said. I picture the battle of the Greeks, the, the intellect, the person who's all about man's understanding, it has to make sense, and he's sitting debating a person. I hear what you're asking, Hashem told me. I watched the debate between a very, very bright guy and a from Rav, and I really sense that I witnessed these eyes, Greek against the Yid. If I may say, it's very possible that the other guy was a smarter guy. But the Yid was so powerful, he was coming from Torah. He was coming from Chachmas Hashem. It wasn't about raw intellect, it was possible in that debate. It's interesting, people love speaking about the intelligence of Yidin. 
Are we smarter than the rest? Well, it could be. We're a people of the book. We certainly seem to have accomplished in history an amazing amount of discoveries were done by Yidden. But I think the Nakuda about a Yid, when I visualize a Yid, is not about how brilliant we are. It's how humbled we are to a Torah. It's we're humble to Chachmas Hashem. We're humble to Hashem said to do it. I have seen that some guys are embarrassed, like, and by the way, study mitzvahs, and there's great wisdom to learn, but don't be embarrassed by it. Do it because Hashem said. I do it because Hashem said. I have told the guys, I want the guys to know what they're saying in prayer. Certainly, it makes sense. Prayer is connection and relationship. Know what you're saying. But till you learn what you're saying, there's a very beautiful part that I'm just humble. And I was told to say these words by Hashem's Chacham, who I follow. And it's a huge humility of a Yid that he's humbled. There's Kafa in front of Hashem. He's humbled and subservient to Hashem. Is a huge essence of a Yid. The Greeks' onslaught, the Yavan's onslaught against the Yid was Lashkichem Teresecha. Stop studying Hashem's Torah, will of Hashem. Let's discuss. I feel, no, I feel. My father, since I'm a kid, always taught me in learning, bring a proof. Reb Chaim Shmulavitz, his Rebbe, was known if you told him he called it a baich svara, a logic of your stomach, a belly svara. Come from the Torah, prove it. My father, since I'm a kid, I can speak publicly. My father would say, Daniel, prove it. Bring a proof. Come from a pasuk in the Torah. Come from a place in the Torah, prove it. Our Chachma comes from the Torah. Show me where it says it in the Torah. He's very into that. Any psychological concept, he says either it's in the Gemara or it's not true. And you'll tell him one, he'll show you where it is in the Gemara. Come from the Torah, come from the Torah. A Yid that's Kafuf, that's humble, Tashem's Chachma, Tashem's Torah. Sometimes I don't even know why, but Hashem said, that's good enough for me too. And the Greek who has man at the center, if we can understand it, excellent. But he wants that which is a chayk, that which a human being can't understand, that which is Hashem's will. He doesn't like that. It's called a zaid. That's called a zaid, a willful person, a person about his own ratzain, his own thoughts, his own machshavas. That is the essence of the battle, the ernst the sincere yid who follows his duty, who follows Chachma Satayra, who certainly has a tremendous brilliance because he's willing to be stupid. Of course that creates, and Yidin are smarter because we're willing to be a pessy. We're willing to say, Vashtet in the Torah, what does it say? Bring a raya. So that's Machkimas Pesi. The Torah makes those willing to be stupid. It makes you brilliant. Because then you have Chachma Satayra. And the person's Kafuf to Chachma Satayra. So I wanted to share that with the Chevra in this struggle between Yavan and the Yid. I wanted to share that with the Chevra. Certainly our sincerity and authentic hisbatlus, the Torah, is what we certainly want to be mechazek at this season, at this Tkufus Hashana, when we're reliving this war, this is what we're mechazek, our sincerity, authentic learning of Torah, authentic bittel to Chachmas Torah. That is certainly what we're mechazek. Beis Hashem will continue tomorrow more about Inyan Echanak and Shikar Chavis.